Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. This is the day because He made the day. And because He made the day, it's already good and it's already blessed. And I'm so thankful for that. I honor our pastors today, and it's an honor and a privilege to stand before you this morning. And I have some very exciting news to share with you today. Failure is not an option. Failure is not an option. I'm sick and tired of a few things. I'm sick of fear. I'm sick of excuses. And I'm sick of shame. We have grown comfortable with living under the radar, comfortable with being less than when we serve a God who created us to be greater. We have been comfortable with settling, we've grown stagnant, and some of us have chosen to stand still. We promise ourselves that we'll start next month or try again next year. We set goals and then we never actually take steps towards achieving them. Why? What are we afraid of? Most people will never try because they fear one thing and one thing alone, failure. Well, let's just break this down for a few minutes because failure is not an option. And for starters, falling is not failing. Falling is not failing. One of the simplest examples of this can be seen in babies learning how to walk. First, they go from crawling to pulling themselves up on the nearest chair or coffee table. And then, before you know it, they are taking their first steps. Can you imagine if the first time a baby took his first steps and fell, his parents were to say, well, that's it for you, little Johnny. You failed. Like, we're just not going to let you walk anymore. You're going to be crawling from now until kingdom come." That wouldn't serve anybody well, and if there are parents like that, we need to, like, send them some help, so. (laughs) Falling is part of the process. It's just how we learn. It's how we become better. Mistakes teach us what not to do or what to improve upon next time. But somehow we started equating falling with failure, and so we stopped even wanting to take one step forward. Falling is not failing. Jeremiah 8 verse 4 says, Thus saith the Lord, shall they fall and not arise? Proverbs 24 16 says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Seven in the Bible is used a lot for a placeholder. Seven just means it's, it's God's number, but it can be multiple times. A just man will fall seven times and rise up again. Psalm 37.23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Verse 24, Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Falling is not failing. When our steps are ordered by the Lord, falling is part of the process and part of the journey. Did you ever stop to think that the only people that are making mistakes are the ones that are actually trying? A couple of years ago, and I should tell you, I, it's been a little heart's desire of mine always 
to write a book. Always, always, always. And my mom could literally, she would never would. She's, my mom never is one to drop me at the door anywhere. But she could have dropped me at the door at Barnes & Noble, and I could have got lost in there for three hours with the smell of coffee brewing over at the Starbucks. And every so often, they'll say the Frappuccinos are on sale, and I'm like running over there while perusing all of the books in every section. I've loved books, always. And a couple of years ago, I picked up a book, and as I read it, I found mistake after mistake and grammatical error after grammatical error. I found myself critiquing this author's work. And I'll never forget where I was when the Lord spoke to me. He said, well, at least she wrote it. At least she wrote it. And I immediately started bawling, and I'm like, you're right, Lord, so sorry. Thank you, Jesus. I'm sorry for critiquing and, you know, essentially judging someone else, right? It's really easy to critique others that are actually trying. Why? Because it makes us feel better about what we're not doing. Mistakes mean motion. Mistakes mean you're trying. Falling is not failing. Now let's talk about growing pains. On one summer break from school, I woke up in the middle of the night with severe pain in my legs. And it was uncomfortable, and it was something I had never experienced before. And it was hard even to fall back asleep because of all of this pain. And the next morning, I shared with my mom all about it. I always go to my mom with my medical issues because I'm like, surely she knows what's going on here. She's essentially better than Google, and if I have to go to Google, I will, but that's fine. And I've always, even as a little girl, I've been a little bit of a hypochondriac. Even today, like if my toe starts hurting, oh, nobody better give me a smartphone because I'll be on Google so fast and I'm going to go ahead and diagnose my condition. And it's dangerous because the doctor's like, sweetie, no, you just need a Tylenol, it's fine. Like, elevate your foot, you're good, right? But she explained to me that what I felt were called growing pains and all that meant was I was going to be getting taller, well, suddenly the pain didn't bother me. And the next time I felt that discomfort in the middle of the night, I gladly dealt with it because I wanted to be taller. I'm growing. And I was happy to endure the discomfort knowing I would come out on the other side a little bit better than I was today, standing a little bit taller than I was before. Motion, moving forward, causes friction. And growth of any kind can be really uncomfortable. Why? It's uncharted territory. Growth means learning something new. Growth means pushing ourselves harder, stretching for more. But when we are in the perfect will of God, reaching for and chasing after what he has called for us to do, he will always sustain us. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We are meant to rise above with wings as eagles. But some of us have our wings tucked. Rather than rising above, we are hiding from our calling. We have forgotten that we were actually created to fly. Why don't we take the leap? Some of us are too afraid. We fear the unknown. But my next point today is fear is a lie. Fear 
a lie. By definition, and there's a bunch out there, so I don't know which dictionary this came from, but Google. Okay. <laughs> Fear is a feeling induced by perceived, underline, perceived danger or threat. Perceived danger or threat. We've all been there, you're walking along, minding your own business, and maybe you jump, or your inside sure did, because you thought like a ball or something was heading for your face, and it was nothing at all. Try telling that, though, to your body that has already begun to react, or if you're driving on the road and you thought that car was going to hit you, and ooh, it was a close call. It, it was almost, it's like the fear of what could have happened, but try telling that to your body that's already begun to react with the, again, perceived danger. Maybe you tense up. Maybe you get heartburn. Maybe your hands or your armpits start to sweat. Perhaps you burst out into a full-blown rash, experience tingling in your arms and your legs. Your heart starts beating faster. Your throat gets dry. And your breathing gets a little bit heavier. Or maybe you get a cloudy mind. Okay, did you know that all of those things I just said are actual bodily responses to perceived fear, perceived danger. That's how, so our body's already like preparing to, you know, fly, what is it, fight or flight? Like the animal kingdom, you know, do I have to like defend myself or can I run without you like catching up to me? But fear in and of itself is not of God and not from God. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Of power and of love and a sound mind. And I find it very interesting that the Bible refers to fear as a spirit. Isn't that interesting? But you can fight spirit with spirit. And when Jesus is within you, you have the victory. You've already won. So fear is a lie, just like everything else of the devil. It's a lie. God has created each and every one of us for a unique purpose. He has placed talents and giftings in all of your hands. And when he calls upon us to step forward and to use them, we start rationalizing. I know I do. You guys do not have to. I'm not asking for anyone to raise their hands, but we do it. Why don't you, why don't you step forward and, and do that thing that I, I gifted you with? And we start rationalizing. Out of fear, we talk, start talking ourselves out of doing it, out of our God-given talents, out of our God-given abilities. Well, ugh, that guy over there, he's already doing it, and he's doing it better than I ever could, so I'm not even going to start. Or... She over there, she's way more experienced in that field than I could ever be. I will never match up. Guess what? All. Nobody has the corner on the market. God owns the market. So just as he gave somebody else that talent or ability, he can give it to you too. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Everything under his watch belongs to him. So just, and, and you know what? People, hi, there's enough to go around. Nobody has the corner on the market. And you know what? People start getting old and dying off. Where's the new ones that are going to rise up? Start reaching for and perfecting your talents. We need you. Okay. So we're not called to measure ourselves by the standards of others. 
We are called to measure ourselves by God and his standard for our lives. But you don't understand. I can't do that. Just thinking about it makes my mouth dry and my hands are getting all sweaty. If God created you to do it, you can. Some of us need to stop dwelling on who we are and start remembering who he is. He can use anything and anyone. He's just looking for a willing vessel. Some of the greatest examples of God's grace and goodness are in people and in things that never, nobody ever would have thought would have been good enough. Guess what? None of us are good enough. Good enough. All of us have fallen short. He's just looking for a willing vessel. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee. Neither forsake thee. Fear not. Neither be dismayed. Excuse me. Another version says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Psalm 23, verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, wait a second. Let me just get this straight then. If the Lord goes before me and will be with me, and surely goodness and mercy follow after me, what are we waiting for? What excuse do we have? What are we afraid of? I think some of us have grown comfortable and we're just, oh, I'm just, sister, I'm just waiting on God to move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just waiting on God. He's already moved, people. He has already moved. We're looking for him to make the way. He is the way. He's the way maker, and he's called some of us to be way pavers. You ever stop and think about that? He's made the way, well, it looks a little bit rocky. That looks a little bit uncomfortable. Well, maybe you were called to pave the way for the people behind you. Ever stop and think about that? He's the way maker. Let's be way pavers then through his grace and mercy. Let's do, let's be what God has called of us and our lives. You were created for a purpose. You were created for a reason that only you can fulfill. The time is now. The hour is now. It's time for us to rise up, and God wants to use us if we will allow him. Fear is a lie, and failure is not an option. So let's talk about time. The truth about time. Some of you might be thinking, well, Jessica, I'm not the least bit worried about falling. I totally welcome growing pains, and I'm just not afraid. So there. The thing about me, though, Jessica, is I just don't have the time. <laughs> That's sweet. <laughs> I beg to differ. Boy, we have time for the things that we want, don't we? When I hear people say, I don't have time, or where does the time go? Why don't you let me review? Just come bring them up here. Don't. 
Why don't you let me review your smartphones, your tablets, your smart TVs, and I'll show you where your time is going. We have the time. Netflix, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and don't think I haven't heard about TikTok because that's the new thing right now. Those are all time robbers, and we give it away freely. Time is our most valuable currency. I didn't say most valuable possession. Your most valuable possession will always be your soul. But more than money, more than things, time is your most valuable currency. Think about that. The richest man in the world on his deathbed would gladly trade all that he had. All of his wealth, his cash, his house, his cars, his possessions, his fame if he had it for just a few more days, just a few more hours of time. Time is our most valuable currency. So what if I told you that as of today, you only had two weeks left on this earth? 14 days, 336 hours. That's it. Would you change the way that you're spending your time? Would you change some of the people that you're spending your time around? Would you change what you're consuming? I believe that in this day and age, 2019, technology has truly made the devil's job easier. Don't get me wrong, honeys, ladies and gentlemen. I love Instagram as much as the next guy, okay? I am pro-Netflix, love the no commercials. But I truly believe that in this day and age, technology has made the devil's job easier. Why? The devil would love nothing more than to keep us all distracted. If we're distracted, there's really nothing else he needs to do over here because you're so busy sitting on the couch catching up on Netflix or you're so busy paying attention to what everybody else is doing on Instagram that you're just letting life pass you by. And again, there's nothing wrong with all of these things as long as we consume them in moderation. When we are distracted, we wake up and the year's almost over. Hi, in case anyone didn't check their little schedules, it's November. Costco started putting out Christmas decorations in July, and you better go get them because they're probably running out because we're going to be decorating very soon, right? In my household, it's like either the day before or the day after Thanksgiving. That it's like, oh, Christmas is here in the middle of November. That's just how we do things. But we decorate for Christmas. So for the next two months, I have a challenge for us. Today's November 3rd, which means we're just at the beginning of November. So I'm going to call it two months. I want to give us a challenge. Let's refocus our priorities just for the next two months. I'm not saying let's carry this through 2020 because I'm not about biting something off bigger than what we can chew. But for the next two months, we can reset. For the next two months, we can refocus our priorities. Why don't you pull out that little top five prayer request sheet of paper that you filled out at the beginning of 2019 and revisit that? Have we done our part in seeing those requests answered? More than ask God, have we done what we can to move those goals, those dreams, those hearts, desires, those prayer requests forward? We are sons and daughters of the king, and you really have no idea. You cannot even begin to fathom the power that you possess in your position as a son or as a daughter of the king. The Bible says in Matthew 18, 18, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth 
shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So speak life over your goals and dreams, over the desires that God has placed in your heart, and bind anything that would try and hinder you. And some of us might need to bind our own selves. And that sounds funny, like, oh yeah, I'm going to bind my own self. I've done it before. God, let nothing stand in my way, not even me. Because truly, we can bind and, and, and protect from ourselves through God anything out in the world, right? But I still have to take the steps forward. So let me not stand in the way of your will, God, for my life. Let me not hold back any perfect plans that you have for my life. God goes before us, and surely goodness and mercy follow after us. So it's yours. Claim it. Go after it. Obtain it. Jesus Christ, creator of heaven and earth, king of kings and lord of all, took great, great care in creating each and every one of you. He knows the number of hairs upon your head. He knows what makes you happy. And he also knows what makes you sad. He gave you unique gifts that he didn't give me or even the person sitting next to you. We're all given unique callings and with that unique giftings and abilities. Acts 2.17 said, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. I do believe that we are in the last days. And God is raising up a body of people that will point to him through their talents and abilities, that will rise up and accept the calling upon their life. He didn't die so that we could fail. Jesus Christ, the manifestation of the invisible God made visible, offered himself up as a sacrifice so that we might have salvation and a chance at eternal life. He walked out of that grave for more than our salvation. When he walked out of that grave, he took back the keys of death and of hell. Revelation 1.18 says, I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. There is no other name, there is no other power greater than Jesus Christ. He broke the chains of anything and everything holding us back. Fear, shame, pain, you name it. Whatever that is for you, if, if none of those apply, fill in the blank. Whatever it is can cripple us, it can keep us bound, and it can even be a grave of sorts. But when Jesus lives within us, failure is not an option. He didn't die so that we could live a mediocre life. He died so that we might have an everlasting life of abundance and of blessing. I don't know if any of you guys have heard the song, Ain't No Grave, but I've had it like on repeat lately. And if you haven't heard it, I recommend that you listen to it. But for the remainder of the year, for the next two months, Ain't No Grave should be our anthem. When I heard the lyrics, they moved me. Lyrics like, there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Oh, love is a resurrection and love is a trumpet sound. Love is my weapon and I'm going to take my giants down. There ain't no grave could hold his body down, 
And if he walked out of the grave, I'm walking too. A lot of us are floating through life, but just floating. We're almost dead men walking sometimes because of how comfortable we've grown with just the status quo and not really lifting our head up and doing anything more than the absolute necessary just to get by. Get out of that. This life was meant to be a beautiful thing for the time that we're here. And we're supposed to just, if, if we're really not happy and we're just floating around, do you think somebody's going to want to want what I have? If I'm not beaming with the light and love of God because of how joyful I am, how thankful I am, how happy I am, do you think somebody's going to like, you know what? What, what does she have? I want some. No. They're going to be like, whatever she has, I don't want it. Right? Truly. And don't tell me you guys don't know what I'm talking about because we've all seen those people in the grocery store and you're like, do I hug them? Like, they need Jesus. Or if they have Jesus, they don't know the Jesus like I know Jesus. Right? So truly, if he walked out of that grave, I'm walking too. He already paved the way, you guys. He already made the way. So what are we all waiting for? If you have a desire in your heart, if you, if you have, feel like God's been talking to you about something, and I'm not even saying, it doesn't have to be in the four walls of this church. You might be called to be the next CEO of a corporate company. You might be called to be the next Food Network chef star. You might be called to be the next YouTube star. I don't know, but guess what? This, the world needs spirit-filled people in every walk, in every aspect of life, in every industry. There's room for you. And that's where you start going, I don't, I don't really understand how I got the promotion. That guy over there should have got it. He's been here longer than I have. Jesus. Amen. Oh, but he's more senior status. He should have been the VP, and now I'm the VP. Jesus. Amen. Won't he do it? That's been my thing lately. It's like, whoa, look at you go, God. You do one thing, and it's like, okay, check. That prayer request is answered. Let's move on to the next one. That goal is accomplished. Won't he do it? Let's set another one. And then that's how it's supposed to be. You just keep moving forward. You keep elevating up. You keep growing in God and reaching after the things that he has for us. Professionally, personally, spiritually, in every walk of life. So it's time for us to rise up. To mount up with wings of eagles. You were made for more than where you're at today. You were made for more than this. So I urge you to surrender to God's perfect will in your life. Step into his purpose. Step into his perfect plan and calling over your life. Psalm 46 verse 5 said, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her and that right early. I love this scripture. Probably because they, it says she, so I'm like, this one's for me, right? But all of it is for all of us. So gentlemen, just put a he and a him and whatever. God is in the midst of him, and he will not be moved. God shall help him and that right early. But this one says her, so I like it. Extra special, right? But God is in the midst. He's already taken care of it. He lives within us. Let's do it. Let's do this thing. What's the worst thing that can happen? I fell. Oh, well, oh, big deal. There's a first aid kit right over there, and guess what? You'll never make that same mistake ever again. Oh, well, 
you know, the people that I went to high school with are going to judge me. Well, what are they doing? They're probably sitting on their couch watching Netflix, so good for you for actually getting up and doing something, right? We're not living for them. We're living for him. I don't care what they say. I want to know what he says about me, right? He goes before us. He is the way. Nothing is impossible with God. And guess what? If you can dream it, he will always supersede it. Failure is not an option. Would you stand with me this morning? What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.